0: Well, it's so good to be here today, and um, I'll tell you what: How many of you enjoyed worshiping the Lord this morning? Wasn't that awesome, Sean? Thank you, man. What a what a gift God has given you. What a gift! And um, I just I didn't know what to expect coming here. You know, I live in Cambridge, Maryland. Drove here this morning, and um, didn't know what to expect. But I'm telling you, what an awesome time of worship! How many of you just love the presence of God? You love worshiping Him. And you know, the Bible says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. And so we came here this morning to magnify God, not a speaker, not a person. And I actually came to deliver the word of the Lord, to get out of God's way and to let God do what only God can do in our hearts. And uh, I'm so thankful for your pastor, for this church. I had a great time at the breakfast and um, I brought some friends with me today. My family could not come. My wife was not feeling well this morning, so she and the kids couldn't come. We have uh, three children together. Christian, who is 15, and uh, Aiden, who's 12 years old, and my daughter Kaylee, who's 10 years old. And um, then I've got some friends with me. One is my high school friend. I graduated with Tim. If you'd stand for a moment. This is Tim, and um, I'm so grateful. He said, you can put your hands together for my friend. And um, I'm so thankful for a good, godly friend who's been with me all these years and um, stood by me at times. Um, gave me words from the Lord that I needed to hear. And um, it's good to have godly friends in your life. And um, I thank God for Tim. And um, this is Jason. And Jason is um, working with me in our evangelism ministry. This is Jason. Some of you have met him before. He was at the men's breakfast. And I uh, love Jason. He's a young man who recently um, turned his life to Christ. And um, is growing in the Lord. and so proud of him. And uh, I do want to thank everybody um, for allowing me to be here today. It's a humbling thing to be able to speak the word of the Lord, to be able to stand up here today, and I don't take this for granted, and I I recognize my own inability, my own weakness in myself, but I look to the Lord today, and I'm asking the Lord to do what only he can do in our hearts today. I'm going to be sharing a, a message with you I've never preached before in my life, and it's something that the Lord has really placed upon my heart Um, to speak and honestly I have to tell you this when I speak today this message is a great challenge to me personally this this is something the Lord has been dealing with my heart about and I hope that it's a blessing to you I hope that it's a challenge to you to grow closer in your relationship to the Lord and I believe it will be but let's begin in prayer right now and we're going to ask the Lord to speak to us as we hear from his word Father I thank you For this day, God, Lord, we would not even be here if it wasn't for you. There would be no such thing as a church. There would be no meeting. There would be no worship songs to draw us close to you. And Lord, we just stop and we thank you for your goodness in our lives. Lord, we turn to you and we acknowledge you this morning. We thank you, Lord God, for your goodness in our lives. I'm so thankful for your mercy in my life. I'm so thankful for your patience and your kindness towards us. And God, we turn our attention upon you this morning. And we ask that you would be glorified today in this meeting. I pray that you would take my little lunch today. And as I give it back to you, that you would multiply this word in our ears and in our hearts today. We ask that your Holy Spirit would open our eyes that we may see your face. Open our ears that we would hear your word and open our hearts that we may know you more and love you with all of our heart, mind, strength, and soul. Lord, we love you and we give you the glory for what you're gonna do today in Jesus' name. Can everybody say amen? amen. Sean, I, I don't know if you're, you're still in here, but if he is or if he's going to be around, I don't know if it's possible just to sing that Build My Life song at the very end, but I would love it if he could close us with that and uh, we could just take that time and just worship the Lord together. What do you say, guys? Sound good? Amen? It's all about the Lord. And I, I'm here today to, to um, talk to you about a message the Lord's placed upon my heart called Ministering to the Lord or Our First Ministry. It could be entitled Our First Ministry, and I want you to take your Bibles and open up to Acts chapter 13 and verse number 2, or you can look up on the screen, they're going to have those ready for us, Acts chapter 13, and we're going to look in verse number 2. How many of you love the Word of God? Amen? I love the Word of God. We're going to go to several scriptures this morning in the Word of God, and we're going to look at various places in the Word of God about a very particular subject that I believe is something that we've easily overlooked within the scriptures and it's called ministering to the Lord. One of the things I've noticed is how easy it is to minister to people but to do that in the flesh. It's easy to give food away. It's easy to give change to somebody. It's easy to do things through the flesh but that doesn't mean that we're doing that through the spirit. And so I want to talk to you today about ministering to the Lord. The Bible says in Acts chapter 13 and verse number two, as they ministered, that word ministered in the ESV, it's literally translated worship. As they ministered or worshiped the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Now this is very interesting this is the, the, the new church, or this is the first century church, and they're meeting together, and they're ministering to the Lord. Now, that, those words, ministering to the Lord, is something that we think of when we think of ministry. We're thinking of someone maybe preaching, someone teaching, someone serving, and all those things are wonderful to minister to people. But what does the scripture mean when it says, as they ministered to the Lord. I believe the first century church was meeting together and they were worshiping the Lord. The word minister literally means it can mean to adore Him, to worship Him, to abide in His presence. It it can mean to serve Him, to wait upon Him. What if our lives looked like people children of God who waited upon the presence of God. We're so busy and it's why we're frustrated. It's why our fuses are short. It's why churches have issues is because individuals know how to minister to people, but they've forgotten how to minister first to the Lord. And so I want to talk to you about this today because this isn't for just leaders. This is for every single one of God's children. We have been given a ministry first and foremost in that ministry is to him. The highest calling for every believer is to minister first to the Lord. I believe we are seated here today. Because the first century church understood the importance of ministry unto the Lord. You say, how? Out of this prayer meeting, the Bible says, if you'll look in the text, the Bible says, as they ministered or worshipped the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit prayed to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. When the Holy Spirit spoke to the New Testament believers. When he spoke to those believers there, he said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called for them to do. He literally separated Barnabas and Saul from the believers and sent them. They went to Asia Minor and the gospel from Asia Minor eventually went to Europe and then from Europe the gospel came, where do you think? To America. Look around you and understand that the person beside you is here today because there were people ministering to the Lord. And out of that ministry to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit spoke. And if God can do it then, I believe the Holy Spirit can still speak today to us. And I believe as we minister to the Lord and out of our meetings of like we were doing a moment ago when we're worshiping the Lord, I could feel the presence of God. And in my heart, there's a burning in my heart just to be closer to God. My hands, I just wanted to just magnify him and raise my hands in in thanksgiving to God. And, And that's what ministering may look like. And I'm not talking about fluff. I'm not talking about a show. I'm not talking about singing a few songs and then just sitting down. I'm talking about a church that needs to minister to God. I'm talking about his people that need to learn how to praise him, that have forgotten how to be thankful to him, that have forgotten how to come into his presence. I love what the word of God says in John chapter 4 and verse 23. The Bible says, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. What does that mean? That means that the Lord is seeking worshipers. He's seeking true worshipers. I will never forget one of the most important moments in my life as I was having a conversation with another friend I had graduated with from high school. And at that particular time, I was thinking... Along the lines of how I grew up. I grew up as an independent Baptist. And in the independent Baptist church I grew up in, all we could sing were hymns. And so I remember being taught anything else is not good, it's secular, it's worldly. And I remember talking to this guy who happened to be my friend And I was, him and I were having an argument, but it was fun argument. And he loved contemporary worship music, and he loved worshiping the Lord. He also loved the hymns. But I remember him looking at me, and I thought I had him. I thought I won the argument. And in my pride, I had no idea. I was about ready to be blindsided. Anybody ever been blindsided before by God? And my friend looked at me. I'm getting ready to get in the car. And he said to me, Abe, I have one question for you before you go. When's the last time you actually ever sung to God? And for the first time in my life, I thought of something I had never even thought of before. As much as I had loved singing the hymns, and I've committed many of them to memory... I actually wondered, was I just going through the motions? Was I just singing a song to sing a song, to stand up and sit down? And I'm thankful for the hymns, and I'm thankful for what they instilled in me, and I'm thankful for the doctrinal teachings. But I have to tell you, when we sing, I wonder sometimes if we're singing to God. And like my friend asked me that question that day, Abe, I wonder, when is the last time you actually sang to God? And I got in my car and I was heading home that day. He had no idea of of those words and how they penetrated my heart. But I'm going into Cambridge where we lived and tears were coming down my face as I got onto the Frederick Malchus Bridge. And I'm weeping before God because I realize in my whole entire life, I never ever once remembered singing to God. From a heart of joyfulness, from a heart of gratitude. I never remember one time actually connecting with him. It was like just singing words in a song. Is there anybody that knows what I'm talking about and that I'm not alone? I don't want to just go through the motions, I don't want to just sing those lyrics of that song. I want to feel what I'm singing. I want to connect with my God. I want to give him what he deserves. He deserves that song. He deserves my worship. He deserves my highest praise. Amen? That's what God deserves. He deserves all the glory and all the honor. And, and that moment defined in my life, it was a definitive moment in my life when I would no longer just sing songs to sing songs, but then I would just sing songs to sing to him, to please him, and to honor him. You know, the Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And every breath that you have in you, the Lord deserves. He deserves your praise. From the rising of the sun until the going down there, of, of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. And the Lord wants his children to minister to him. In fact, he's seeking those who will worship him. Ministering to the Lord is so vital that God established him a tribe, the tribe of Levi to minister to him when Moses received God's word on Mount Sinai. I want you to look at Deuteronomy chapter number 10 and verse number eight. Deuteronomy 10 and verse number eight. God actually established a tribe to minister to him. Imagine that. Verse number eight, the Bible says, at that time the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi To carry the ark of the covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister to him, and to bless in his name to this day. Another mention in the Bible about ministering to the Lord is found in 1 Chronicles 16.4. We're going to go rather quick with some of these passages because I don't have time. And there are so many more I wish I could have shared with you today. But I know you guys want to eat sometime soon. And so I'm going rather quickly but I just want to be a blessing to this wonderful church today. And yes, I, my, my, I'm, I'm a little worked up inside. That's who I am. Thank you for receiving me. <laughs> look past my blunders. Look past this flesh and just see a person who's passionate about seeking God. Deuteronomy 10.8, it says, at that time, the Lord set apart a tribe of Levi to carry the Ark of the Covenant. And then in verse number Um, of 1 Chronicles 16, we see that David, listen to this, David had actually set aside finances to hire 4,000 Levites just to play instruments and praise the Lord 24-7. Now, I want to stop there for a moment. That, That sounds a little weird to us. But imagine how it felt to God. In other words, David knew how important it was to worship the Lord and how important it was to minister to God. And he hired 4,000 people to play instruments and to praise God 24-7. That's how important it is to minister to the Lord. First Chronicles says this, Then he appointed some of the Levites as ministers before the ark. There it is ministers before the ark of the Lord to invoke, to thank, and to praise the Lord, the God of Israel. What do you do for a living? I praise God. Can you imagine that? What is your calling? I, I, I praise the Lord. I minister to the Lord. That's what you do for a living? 4,000 people hired just to praise God, to exalt him, to magnify him, to adore him, to thank him. That's how important it was to the heart of David to praise his God. In John, Joel chapter 2 and verse number 17, the Bible says, Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priest, here it is, the ministers of the Lord say, spare your people, O Lord, and make not your heritage a reproach, a byword among the nations. What was he saying here? It means that these Levites were also not only just ministering to the Lord, but they were interceding for the people of God. They were standing in the gap for the people of God. They were crying out to God before the Lord as they ministered to him And I love this passage right here in First Samuel chapter three and verse number one. The Bible says, "Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord. Now I want you to think about this just for a moment. If you know the story of Samuel, you know that Samuel was given by Hannah, and he served under Eli. and the Bible says, this child, he was very young. The Bible says, even though he was young, the child, Samuel, ministered to the Lord. I want you to think about your family for a moment. I want you to think about your children for a moment. You don't have to be an adult to worship and magnify the Lord. Samuel was taught by Eli how to minister to God. He was in that place and he ministered to the Lord. What would it look like if our youth today were ministering to the Lord? What would it look like if you walked in your children's room and had to shut the door? Because the presence of God in that place, because your children are weeping and thanking God and they're praising God. That might sound ridiculous to some people, but I want that to be the normal for my life, for my household. I want it to be the normal for the church because I believe we've gotten away from ministering to the Lord and we've we've mastered in some ways how to minister to people. But this is the most important ministry of all. I find it interesting that God actually spoke to Samuel. Why do you think God spoke to Samuel while he was sleeping? I believe it's because Samuel Ministered to the Lord. The book of Ezekiel speaks about two types of priests. The Levites, they ministered to the people, and there was idolatry taking place. The Levites were busy in their ministering to people, and idolatry was even coming in to the temple. But there was another tribe, they were the sons of Zadok, they were a clan within the tribe of Levi. And the Bible says they ministered directly to the Lord. So there's two types of Levites here. One is a clan within the Levites, Zadok. They ministered to the Lord, but the other Levites, they ministered to the people. Both are important. Both are needful. But listen to what the Word of God says about the difference between the two. Ezekiel 44, verse number 15 through 16. It says, but the Levitical priests, the sons of Zadok... Who kept the charge of my sanctuary when the people of Israel went astray from me shall come near to me to minister, there it is, to me. And they shall stand before me to offer me the fat in the blood, declares the Lord God. They shall enter my sanctuary and they shall approach my table to minister to me, and they shall keep my charge. You see, if our first ministry is not unto the Lord, then we, like the Levites who minister to the people, will begin to put other people before the Lord. I want to stop there for a moment. It's important that you don't put your marriage before your relationship with the Lord. It's important that you don't put your children before your spouse. You see, there's an order that God gives everything in. God is first. That's why the word of God says thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. That's the first and what? Great commandment, right? And the second is likened to it. What does that mean? Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Ready? Let's, Let's do some math for a moment. One comes before what? Two. You got it? Never forget that. The first and great commandment is thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, all of thy mind, all of thy strength, all of thy soul. Has anybody got that down yet? Are you still going for it? Amen? Come on, come on, church, right? We're still growing, right? Is everybody still growing? I remember when I was a little boy, Seaford Christian Academy, I, I attended there. In fourth grade, I remember hearing this girl playing the piano, and she was singing a song. Two girls were singing a song. And in the lyrics of the song where he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars, how loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. How many of you guys know he's still working on you? Amen? He's still working on all of us. He's still working in our lives. And he wants us to put him first because when we put him first, then we have our priorities in order. But if you don't put him first, you can lose what's next. I just want to ask a question and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you on this. What does your ministry to the Lord really look like? You know, it's a funny thing. And I, I don't say that to guilt people at all. This message is for me. This is something the Lord's dealing in my heart about. But it's funny. This, this watch, how many of you have a smart watch, Apple watcher? You know, and, that, and it can be annoying sometimes, right? It's time to stand. Wow. Tracks how many steps you take in a day. I made a goal to take a certain amount of steps in this new year each and every day. I was a little bit shy of that last night, so uh, 10.30, I'm running through the house, going up and down the stairs to make sure I got my steps in that night. And when I hit it just a few steps over, I was done. Took the watch off, put it on there, I was done. But what if this watch that could track how many steps you climbed in a day, your heart rate, all those other things that it can do, how many miles you walk, what if somehow you could track how much time you minister to God? What what if we could somehow print that out and see what that really looks like? You see, I, I wonder what it would look like if the church actually knew what it means to minister to God. I promise you, there's many messages I could have preached today. There's messages I've developed and things that are more energetic, believe it or not, that I would love to deliver everywhere I go. But what I want to do is obey the Lord. I want to honor him. I want to please him. I want to deliver what he wants me to deliver. And I believe that that, that right now God is speaking to my heart and our hearts as a whole. Not just New Covenant Presbyterian Church, but the church of God as a whole. The body of Christ, he's drawing us back to him. I often ask the Lord, draw me close to you as the lyrics of that song go, never let me go. You know, we understand that God had ordained the Levitical priest to minister to him, but what about you and I? I think often we, we put people before we put God. Did you know that you're actually a king and a priest to God? I think all of us understand the fact that it is finished. In the Old Testament, sacrifices were made. But there was a messenger of the new covenant that was coming. And his name was Jesus. He was Emmanuel, God with us. He was the promised Messiah in Isaiah 53 that was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and By his stripes we are healed. God had given his seed to this earth, and he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And no longer do we need a a mediator between um, a high priest to mediate for us to get to God the Father. But now the Bible says through the blood of Jesus we can enter into the holy of holies. We can stand in the presence of God through Jesus' blood without guilt, without shame. By the grace of God, we can stand in his presence in the holy of holies. Just like the priest stood in the tabernacle and in the temple, we can come into the presence of God. And that is exciting to me. That I can be in the presence of God and you can be in the presence of God and we don't need a a priest or anybody to stand in between us and say, hey, this is what God is saying. But you can come into the presence of God, washed through the blood of Jesus Christ, and you can stand in God's presence as a priest to God. The Bible says in Revelation 1-6, and he made us a kingdom, priest to his God. There's the word priest to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. What does it mean that you and I are priests to God? What does that mean? There's significance in this language here. Being a priest means you have something you must offer to God. I want you to look in Hebrews. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, verse 15, it says, through him, then let us continually, somebody say continually. continually. Come on, we can do better than that, guys. Come on, let's say that loud. Ready? One, two, three. Continually, amen? You're gonna have to remember that. Continually offer up a sacrifice of a lamb. Come on, church, it doesn't say that, does it? Why? Because when John saw Jesus, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb has already been offered up. It is finished. It is paid in full. And we have permission granted and accessed by God through the blood of Jesus in the new covenant to enter into his presence. And what do we offer up to him? Blood is no longer needed, the blood has already been applied. Say amen if you believe the blood has been applied. You and I can come into his presence, not just as a a, a pauper spiritually, but you come into his presence as a son, as a daughter of God, and as a priest to offer up a sacrifice, the Bible says, of praise. Of praise. I'm telling you, When you come into the presence of God you say, what does God require of me to enter into his presence? To come through those gates into that courts of God? Psalms 100. My favorite passage in the Psalms is probably Psalms 100. I want to read that to you. A very familiar passage to to most of us. Psalms 100 tells us how we can Have this access to God. Listen to this. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. When's the last time you had a joyful shout? I'm not talking about hollering at your spouse. I'm talking about a joyful shout to the Lord. I mean, somebody might think you're crazy. They might say, hey, that's not the way we do it in church. for well, the Bible says it. So who cares what you think? What's the word of God say? It says, make a joyful shout to the Lord. You want to look it up in Greek or Hebrew? Go ahead. Still going to mean the same thing. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. And then he says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with what? Singing. Singing. And then he says, no that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And then he says, enter into his gates with complaining. (laughs) No, we would be in his gates all the time if that was the truth. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. You know, um, my mom and dad, live on a farm, and there was a gate that we would go into to to stay at one of the houses there on the farm, when we would stay there, and I remember hitting access codes there I thought was the right access code, and I would be scrolling through messages trying to find it and couldn't find it, finally I would break down and call my mom and ask her what's the code to enter into the gate, but every time I would enter the wrong code, it would say, access denied. And, and, and we would all laugh, my wife, my kids in the car, and then I would call my mom finally, and I would say, what's the code again for this gate? And she would tell me, I would enter the code, and then it would say, access granted. How many of you have ever heard that before? Access granted. So many times we're coming to God, and access is being denied because of our spirits complaining. You know, the children of Israel were denied to enter into the promised land because of their complaints and because of their unbelief. And God wants us to come into, the Bible says here in Psalms, he wants us to come into his gates with thanksgiving. And then he goes on, he says, and into his courts with praise. And that's how we minister to the Lord. I want to just share something with you, and I'm getting ready to close. Mary and Martha, probably heard this a lot throughout your life. Luke chapter 10 and verse number 38, the Bible says this, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Well, that's wonderful. Martha says, come on in my house. So she did something wonderful and then it says, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. I want you to pay close attention to that. Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. I would say that's a wonderful thing to do. Mary... She actually sat at the Lord's feet and she listened to his teaching. But look in verse number 40, and I believe this is where we are. But the church was distracted with much serving. It says, but Martha was distracted with much serving, doesn't it? How do you know if you're distracted? You start getting impatient with people. How do you know if you're distracted? You start complaining about others. How do you know if you're you're distracted? You start comparing yourself with other people. How do you know if you're distracted? You have no peace in your heart. It says, but Martha was distracted with much serving. You see, she was ministering to others. Is it important to have food and preparation, a clean house and all that? Yes, it's important. And I want to help you in here today. I want to help you with something the Lord's helped me with. I know that there are many people here, you work hard, you've worked hard. And I know there are many women here who have um, brought children into this world and you're constantly caring for them, whether you're homeschooling them or whether you're sending them to school and working. Whatever your situation is, I know you're busy. I've never met a person who said they were not busy. I remember going up to a man who didn't have a job. He was actually um, a homeless gentleman, and he um, was asking for money. And I asked him how he was doing. I said, he said, I'm so busy all the time. And I was thinking, I know people who have a job. I know people who are working hard. And this man's busy. And in fact, I believe he is busy and he's busy doing things he does, but what I'm saying is the church sometimes is so busy that we forget one comes before two. We put our children first, and then the wick, the wick starts to burn, because the oil's out of your lamp. And now you're burning the wick inside, and you feel that. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I mean, come on. is there anybody honest in here? Come on, I believe you guys are. You just start to burn. weak, and you don't have anything even to give to anybody else, and then the world says fake it till you make it, no, don't fake it till you make it, get right with God, so you can minister to other people out of your relationship with him, you can't give what you don't have, Look what the Bible says in verse number 40. It says, but Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him, and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Well, that's interesting. She would ask the Lord if he cared. Sean, I'm glad to see you back in here, buddy. Did you get that memo about singing that song, You're Good to Go? Come on, man. By the way, love the worship, brother. I can't wait. So listen, the Bible says, And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Has anybody in here ever felt like you were just doing all the work? (laughs) I mean, does my husband not care that I made three meals today? Does he not care that I've washed dishes? I've washed his dirty, filthy clothes. Does he not care? I'm doing this. I feel like I'm all alone sometimes. Does my wife not care that I went out and worked 60 hours this week? I'm not talking about me. I don't know how many hours I worked. Does she not care that I sacrificed, that I, I went and I picked up these things, that I paid for that and I did that? Why do I feel all alone in this? You know, Martha was here and she's complaining. And she tells Jesus what to say to Mary. Listen to this. Tell her then to help me. Can you imagine telling Jesus what to do? We often do that, don't we? God, if if you could just get them right. It's amazing how we can come out of even meetings like this and we can say, man, if so-and-so was here today, they would have got something out of that. What about you? you? Think about this for a moment. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you know, he hit the horn twice. You ever been behind somebody at a a green light and they're not going, maybe they're looking at their phone, checking out their news on the phone, scrolling through, maybe their Facebook and they're not moving and you're behind them and you're looking at them and you're just waiting, you're being patient and then you, you hit the horn twice. He didn't hold the horn down, Martha! He just said, Martha, Martha. You can almost hear the gentleness in his voice. He says, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Have you ever been there before? When the Bible says, be anxious about nothing, and he says to Martha, Martha, you're anxious, man. She opened up her doors to Jesus. She's preparing a meal. She had all the servants, they're working together to serve all these people that are in her house. And the Bible says... She was anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary, (laughs) and Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. What was Martha doing? I'll tell you what Martha was doing. She was ministering to people, but not ministering to the Lord. What was Mary doing? She was ministering to the Lord. She was sitting there at his feet and receiving from him. Now, I'm not promoting laziness or idleness and a lack of ministry. But there's an order. And when we put God first, then we can put others next. When we minister to him, then we can minister to others. My question is, have you ever been distracted serving others? I'll never forget having a couple come into our church and lead worship. This is going to sound funny, but from my background, I was thinking they should sing maybe five minutes, and then I'll preach a 45-minute message, maybe an hour. I think back then I was about an hour and 20. Thank God I'm shorter today. That's a blessing for this church. Listen, but I'll never forget when they asked me a question, they said, How long do you want us to lead worship? Five minutes? Ten minutes? Fifteen minutes? I said, fifteen minutes. And this is back in the day. I love worshiping the Lord for hours now. I, I love just I love his presence. I would come for just that. And I looked at them and I said, Maybe ten minutes. Maybe we can do for ten minutes. And I'll never forget, they would stand up there and they would lead us and worship songs. And I would look at these two people, husband and wife, as they're leading. And tears were coming down their face. And they were in the presence of God. They weren't performing for the people. They had an audience of one. And from their heart, it didn't even bother them if no one else sang along. They didn't force the people to raise their hands. They didn't force them to go through the motions they led by example of what it means to be a minister to the Lord. And as they ministered to the Lord, something happened in my Baptist heart. My heart that only wanted hymns began to melt. And I began to think inside my heart, Lord, I've never experienced anything like this in my entire life. What is this? These people were ministering to the Lord. Could you imagine what it would be like if it wasn't just a few songs and we're done and and, and we're just out so we could just go through another week just to come back to go through? And I'm not saying everybody here's like that. I'm saying I've been like that. And I remember that 10 minutes turned into 15 minutes and 15 turned into 30 And then sometimes I couldn't even preach because the presence of God in that place. See, it's not about me. It's not me about getting in what I want to say. It's about what God deserves, and He deserves all the glory and all the worship and all the honor. We were in a church not too long ago in Charlotte, North Carolina. And we began to worship the Lord. And as we're worshiping the Lord in the place, I couldn't even stand. I was on my face before God. The worship group, they were on their knees bowing before God. There was such a reverential awe in that place of God's presence that we couldn't even sing. You say, that sounds strange. I kind of like it the way we do it or the way I think. No. If you read the Bible, you might see even the worshipers in the Old Testament when Solomon's dedicating the temple, they couldn't even play instruments anymore because the presence of God was so thick in that place. They couldn't even see because the glory cloud came and the presence of God was there. And I'm not talking weird stuff. I'm actually talking to you about the Bible. I'm not talking to you about a Pentecostal church or a character. I'm talking about God's word. You understand that? Could you imagine if God became the centerpiece of everything we do and we minister to the Lord and even not in our church services alone but in our secret places so we didn't come here just waiting for that special song that we like but we actually are worshiping the Lord when we get up and when we come in and we've come here ready to exalt him to praise him to adore him Sometimes we're like Martha we're we're so distracted I've been so distracted by serving others, God's calling us to minister to him first. He's seeking those who will worship him. And he is drawing us to wait upon him like Mary did, to serve him, to praise him, to adore him, to be at his feet. There's a beautiful song, as I close, written by Leland Moring, and it captures the heart of a person who once adored the Lord but became distracted like Martha and drifted away. It's called First Love Fire. And I thought it was applicable to this message today. And I'm going to read the lyrics, some of the lyrics of the song and then I will pray and and Sean, if you can be ready. These are the words of that song that Leland wrote that really describes what I'm trying to say today. Here they are. I remember when all I knew to do was sing your name. And I remember when all I longed to do was give you praise. Jesus, light the first love fire in me again. I want to fall in. I want to fall in. I want to fall in love with you again. Back to the start where it was all about one thing. I want to fall in love with you again. I want to fall in love. And I remember when I couldn't wait to tell someone. I was lost within the joy and gratitude for all that you've done. Oh, to be thankful again, Lord. Jesus, light the first love fire in me again. I want to fall in. I want to fall in. I want to fall in love with you again. Back to the start where it was all about one thing. I want to fall in love With you again. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. And when I think God sent his son not sparing. When I think how God did not spare his only begotten son to bleed and die, I scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Father, I love you. We thank you, God, for your greatness and your goodness in our lives. We thank you that you are drawing us to you. I pray for this church and for each and every one of us today. For everyone here today that might be distracted and they're coming back to their first love. I pray that you would draw them with your cords of loving kindness. I pray, God, that every wife, every mother, every husband in this place would understand what it means to. Do. And I pray that you would give them times where they're even washing the dishes or times where and they just begin to say thank you and in that moment where they acknowledge your presence that you would come and that you would give them peace. I pray for every man in here who works and labors with his hands and everyone who's retired. I pray in Jesus' name for our spirit of gratitude to be stirred within each and every one of our hearts. And that we would enter into your gates with praise and into your your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise. God, help us to be ministers unto you. And may you be glorified in Jesus' name. As they song and as the Lord speak into your heart, you can just talk to the Lord right where you are. If the Lord speaks to you and... You just need to to bow before him. Whatever God speaks to you, just do it. If you've been putting things before God as they're playing, then just confess those to God. He's a faithful God and he loves you. But as Sean leads this worship song and as the Lord speaks to your heart, just respond to whatever he's speaking to you about.